Good morning, church. My name is Peter, and today we are continuing our series, Walk Across the Room. We're talking about how we can share Jesus with others, and we don't always have to go to the other side of the globe. Sometimes it's as simple as just walking across the room. Now, as we're talking about sharing Jesus with others, maybe uh, that sounds uncomfortable to you, especially if you're not a Christian. You might wonder, why do Christians always have to talk about what they believe so often? And I'm hoping that today we can even look at why we should, as Christians, place such a high value on sharing our faith with others. Now, if you are a Christian, you might find talking about Jesus to be intimidating, uncomfortable, even scary. But as part of this series, our goal is that all of us would have confidence to be able to share Jesus with others. And confidence is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, because I think all of us can be confident to share about something. And so if I asked you to turn to somebody in your row and to share with them for five minutes about a topic, what is something that you would be confident to share about? Now, I know that we have some extroverts here, and you would just be ready to share about anything at a moment's notice, like, please just let me talk to some people. But also, uh, some of you are shy, and so that might be really, really uncomfortable. And so in this imaginary exercise, what if it was a friend of yours who was sitting in the same row as you? Maybe that would add to your confidence, like, okay, yeah, without a lot of warning or prep, sure, there's something that I could share with my friend about. Uh, maybe some of you, English is not your primary language, and so that might add to being uncomfortable in trying to share. But imagine if it was someone who spoke the same language as you that was sitting in your row. Would that add to the confidence that you would have to share? What would you choose to talk about? If you had five minutes to share with somebody, it could be something as simple as your favorite recipe that you like to prepare. Oh, okay, I, I could talk about that. I could walk somebody through the steps of how to prepare my favorite meal. I think for a lot of us, we'd probably end up talking about our work or what we do during the day. And so my wife would be able to confidently share about accounting and taxes. I cannot. But if we're talking about board games or interests, hobbies, then sure, my wife and I, we really like to play a lot of two-player board games. And so I could talk to you about that. I could make recommendations. It would be easy for me to talk for five minutes to someone about that. Maybe you would feel confident to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. Or maybe uh, you're really into crocheting or knitting. And so you could explain to me how to knit one, purl one. Maybe uh, you could talk about how to grill a steak to perfection. Or maybe you just know how TikTok works, and you could talk about that. Each of us can be confident to share about something. But how can we as Christians feel that same level of comfort and confidence to talk about Jesus? What if instead of it being intimidating, and scary, and it makes us uncomfortable. What if we were a church of people who felt confident to share Jesus with people? Well, I believe that confidence comes when we know what to say 
how to say it, and why we share. And that's what we're going to look at today. So let's start with what is it that we as Christians are to share? We want to be those who proclaim the good news. We have something to share with people. And what is that? How can we be confident to know what to share? Now, authentic confidence comes when we really, really know what we're talking about. So it's the fact that you really do know how to knit one, purl one, that gives you that confidence to share about it. You really do know how to grill a great steak. It's not false bravado. You're not making it up. You're not guessing. You have an authentic confidence to be able to share about it. And that's what we want to have when it comes to talking about Jesus, that authentic confidence. And as Pastor Naomi shared in week one of this series, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with us three different examples of the good news, the message that we could hold on to, we can understand, and we can share with others. We're going to start at its most simple, and then we're going to get a little bit more complex and a little bit more complex, all right? Three, three examples. Here's the first one. In 1962, there is a Swiss theologian, and he was on a, a tour of the United States. His name is Karl Barth. And he was at the campus of the University of Chicago, and he was sharing his lecture at Rockefeller Chapel, which is this Gothic cathedral. And after he shared his lecture, there was a Q&A time, and one of the students asked this very well-known theologian if he could summarize all of his lifelong study and knowledge of theology into one sentence, what would it be? And so Karl Barth, he paused and he considered, and then he said, yeah, I can do that. It comes from the words of a song that I learned at my mother's knee. He said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It can be as simple as that. This theologian, this man who spent his life studying who God is, the Bible, the message of Jesus, theology, all of these things, able to distill it, summarize it into just one simple sentence from a song that we teach to our two-year-olds. And so it doesn't have to be complicated. Who is a Christian? What is a Christian? A Christian is someone who knows Jesus loves me. And we know it because the Bible tells us so. It can be as simple as that. Something that we can understand and that we can have confidence to share with others. Let me give you another example. This time, let's look at the Word of God. Let's go to uh, the letter to the Galatian church. Galatians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 20, and this is written by Paul, one of the great leaders of the first century church. And so he writes to them, and we're going to just pull one verse out of this letter, Galatians chapter 2 in verse 20, because we're just looking for these simple kind of summaries to help us understand and be able to share Jesus. And so uh, this is what it says. Paul is writing, he says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. And so what is the good news? What is it that we can share? It's as simple as, I trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That what does it mean to be a Christian? It means trusting that Jesus is God's Son, putting our trust in him because he loved me and he gave himself for me. And so we can have this understanding, this authentic confidence that can come when we truly know who Jesus is. He's the son of God. And what has he done? He loved me and he gave himself for me. And so we can share this with others. All right, let's do one more example. We're going to add a few more layers, a little bit more complexity here. Uh, this time, we're going to look at uh, 1 Corinthians. And so this is also a letter written by Paul, and he's writing to the church in Corinth. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to look at the first eight verses. And we're going to look at how Paul is sharing this good news with the church. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, starting in verse 1, it says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. And what Paul is saying here is exactly what we want to do. Paul's saying, here, here's what I learned. This was passed on to me, and it's of the most importance, and I'm passing it on to you. And that's what we do. We say, here's what I've learned about Jesus. Here's what's the most important, and I want to pass it on to you. And he says in verse 3, Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. And so we can take from these eight verses, what is the good news? What is the message that Paul has shared with them and continues to share with them? The good news is we can be saved he says, the good news, it's what saves you, the message of Jesus, what he has done, what he's accomplished. And so we know we can be saved, and it requires our belief, our trust. We put our faith in Jesus. And this good news is that Jesus died for us, that he was buried, and he rose again. And how do we know this? We know this because the Bible tells us this. And that Jesus' resurrection is credible. Look at the lengths that Paul goes to to list the different people who encountered and saw the risen Jesus. He talks about how Peter saw him, how the disciples saw him, how there were 500 of Jesus' followers who saw the risen Jesus at one time. And then he mentions that many of them are still alive. 
And so Paul is writing this letter in the lifetime of these eyewitnesses. He's writing to a church in Corinth who didn't see the risen Jesus. And yet they can know that there are these eyewitnesses, that there are people still alive who you could go and meet and you could hear their firsthand testimony that yes, Jesus really rose from the dead. And so we can have confidence in Jesus's resurrection. And the Bible has a a few places where it makes mention of things like this. Let me show you another one. It's in Mark chapter 15. It's verse 21 and 22. And as Mark is writing about Jesus and he's on his way to his crucifixion, uh, in verse 21 and 22, it says, And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. And so as they're talking about Jesus and how, as he's headed to be crucified, it throws in these little tidbits, these little details about Simon of Cyrene and how he is the father of Rufus and Alexander. Why does it mention that? Because Rufus and Alexander would have been known people to the New Testament church where they could go and they could meet and talk to Rufus and Alexander who could tell them of their father who helped Jesus carry his cross, who was a firsthand witness to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so we can have confidence to share when we know what we're sharing. From something as simple as, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Or to be able to share that I put my trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. All the way through the more complex uh, tellings of the good news like we read through in those first eight verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So our confidence comes when we know what to share. But we also need to know how to share this message. How do we share this? Because confidence is not enough. Because there are a lot of people in our world who are incredibly confident in their viewpoints. And our social media feeds are full of people loudly yelling their opinions and their uh, viewpoints and what they believe with great confidence. And so confidence isn't enough. We want to be confident, but we also need to know how to share this message. And Pastor Todd, last week, he shared a great sermon on how we are to love God and how we're to love our neighbor. And when we're looking at how do we share the good news, we want to share it with love and compassion. As Jesus showed us love and compassion, as he had compassion on people, and as part of loving our neighbor, we share this message of love, of how Jesus loves me, how he gave himself for me. We share this message of love, and we share it in love, because we have love and compassion for those who we are sharing with. And we were looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, And I want us to go back to 1 Corinthians. We're just going to rewind a little bit to chapter 13, where Paul is talking about love. And in verse 4, this is what he says. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. 
It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. It's important that we know how to share this message. If you've ever seen someone share the good news poorly, or if you've ever felt like you were being manipulated by someone, or belief was being forced on you, we want to be those who know how to share this message, and we share it with love and with compassion. And because love is patient, we share this message with patience. And so we consider somebody like Paul, who wrote these letters that we've been reading, Paul is someone who hated Jesus, was very against Christians, and then he had an encounter with Jesus on the side of a road, and in a very short amount of time, his life was changed. He was converted to seeing Jesus, believing in Jesus, and giving his life to Jesus in a very short amount of time. But then we also have the example in the New Testament of someone like Peter, and Peter is one of Jesus' disciples, and he's one of the people who's closest to Jesus. He goes everywhere with Jesus. He's eating with Jesus. He's watching Jesus do all his teaching and miracles. But Peter's process of conversion to believing in Jesus as his Savior is one that takes years of being with Jesus. It's over years and years that he comes to faith and truly to understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for him. And so we want to share this message with patience because we don't know if someone is going to have an instant life change, turn their whole life around and be gung-ho for Jesus or if it's going to take years of walking with someone and sharing Jesus and then thinking it through and considering before they make a decision to put their trust in Jesus. So love is patient and we share this message with patience. Love is kind and we share this message with kindness because in Romans chapter 2, it tells us about how God's kindness is intended to turn us from sin. It's his kindness that leads us to repent and to change and to turn to him. And so because God has so much kindness for us, we share this message with kindness. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. And we're not to be those who covet the way that the world lives or the things that we see in the world or, man, I wish I could do it that way. Because we have Jesus, we have something greater. And so we treasure Jesus and we're not jealous of the world or their way of living. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. And so we don't boast in ourselves. It's not about me, it's not about my record, it's not about my accomplishments, good or bad, it's about Jesus. It's the message of Jesus. Love is not proud. And so we share humbly the good news of what Jesus has done, following in the example of Jesus, who was humble and gentle of heart. Love is not rude, and so we're not rude in how we share this message, because the world doesn't need rude Christians. We share this message 
in love. We need more sweet Christians. Love does not demand its own way, is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And so we don't demand our own way. We're not irritable. We don't keep score. We rejoice in the truth. This is how we share this message. We share it with love and with compassion. And then finally, love never gives up. It never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures through every circumstance. Love doesn't quit. And so we don't give up on anyone no matter the hardest heart, the hardest case, we never think Jesus couldn't reach that person because love never quits. Even when our life feels like it's falling apart and we have nothing pulled together, we remind ourselves, it's not about me. It's the message of Jesus. It's all about him. And so even in our most challenging seasons and times of life, we can still be those who share Jesus in love because it's all about him. It's not about us. When we know what to share, it gives us confidence to share. When we know how to share, we can have confidence that I'm not jamming this down somebody's throat or I'm not attacking people with the good news of the gospel. No, I'm sharing this message in love with compassion. And it leads us to our final section this question of why do we share? Do we have to share? Why do we share? What is our motivation to share this message? Am I motivated out of guilt? Like, I, I know I'm supposed to. Am I worried that I'm going to get in trouble if I don't share? Is it just because, well, this is what we're talking about on Sundays, and so I, I better be sharing it with somebody? Why do I share? What is my motivation to share? And also, what's my motivation that keeps me from sharing? What is it inside of me that makes me not really want to share this message? Why is it sometimes I feel really comfortable in saying, well, I know this works for me. Like, I'm all in for Jesus, but I don't know for them. Like, I just... I don't know, they seem like they kind of have things together. I, I, I don't know. What is that inside of me? What is our motivation to share? Well, for the last eight weeks, we've been running the Alpha course during our 1115 service. It's happening right now in the prayer room. And as part of Alpha, uh, Nikki Gumbel, he shared this wonderful uh, illustration that I'd like to share with you. And so uh, these are his words but in 1941, in July, there was a prisoner who escaped from Auschwitz. And because he escaped, uh, the Gestapo, in retaliation, they lined up all the prisoners and they arbitrarily picked out 10 men to go and die in a starvation bunker because of this one who had gotten away. So they lined everybody up and they picked out 10 people. And one of the people that was chosen was Francis Gajewnicek. And when he had that finger pointed at him and he stepped forward, he cried out and he said, oh, my wife and my children, they'll never see me again. And in that moment, a little man in line 
a Polish guy stepped forward with wire uh, framed spectacles. He took off his hat and he said, look, I'm a Catholic priest. And so I don't have a wife and I don't have any children. And so I would like to die in place of this man. And to everyone's astonishment, they agreed. And this man was taken with the other nine to the starvation bunker. And apparently, he led quite an atmosphere there. He led the men in praying and in hymns. And on August 14th, he was the last one to die. They ended up wanting the bunker for other people. And so they gave him a, a shot of carbolic acid. And that's how he died. 41 years later, uh, his death was put in its proper perspective. There in a crowd of 150,000 people, there were 26 cardinals, 300 archbishops and bishops in St. Peter's Square, Rome. And in that crowd was Francis Gajewniczek. And the Pope said on that occasion that the death of Maximilian Kolbe, that Polish 47-year-old priest who stepped forward to give his life, the Pope said this was a victory like the one won by our Lord Jesus Christ because he gave himself. He gave up his life out of love. Francis Gavnicek died at the age of 93, and he spent the rest of his life telling everyone about Maximilian Kolbe, about the great love that this man had for him to take his place and to die instead of him. He said, so long as he had breath in his lungs, he considered it his duty to tell people about the heroic act of love by Maximilian Kolbe. And in an even more amazing and wonderful way, Jesus died for you. And he died for me. The son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Why did Francis Gajewniczek have confidence to talk about Maximilian Kolbe? Because it was personal. He'd lived it. He'd experienced this love that saved his life, this other man who died in his place. And so now every time that he hugged his loved ones, with every breath that he breathed, he knew it was because of what Maximilian Kolbe had done for him. And it's the same for us, that Jesus has saved us. Jesus died for our sins. He rose again, and his resurrection is credible. And now the lives that we lead, every time we get to hug our loved ones, with every breath that we have to breathe, it's because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so we share a message of love. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. 
We share a message of love in love and with compassion. We share it with patience and with kindness. We're not rude. We're not irritable. We're not demanding our own way. We never give up. We hold on to hope. We always have faith because we are motivated by this great love that we have experienced. This wonderful love that Jesus has for us. And this is what motivates us. This is what gives us confidence to walk across the room. Imagine how awful it would be if Francis Gajabnicek never shared about what Maximilian Kolbe had done for him. We are those who have been saved. Our lives have been changed because of Jesus. And if this is true, then we can't keep it to ourselves. This is the message that the world needs to hear. And so we know the message and we can share it with love and compassion and we are motivated not out of fear or out of duty or obligation, but out of this great love that we've encountered. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? I wanna pray for us today. If you're here today as a Christian, we know the high calling that we have to share what Jesus Christ has done for us, to share it with others. And as Christians, Jesus has promised us his Holy Spirit. And he's promised that his Holy Spirit would help us to know what to say when we're in these situations, when we don't have the words, when we don't know what to say, his Spirit will help us. And I want to pray for us right now. Jesus, I pray for each and every one. God, Lord, that you would help us to see this beautiful love that we've encountered. God, that it would motivate us to walk across the room to share this message to not keep it to ourselves. God, that we share a message of love. Jesus, may we know and understand and have an authentic confidence to know what you have done and who you are, Jesus. And God, I pray that you would help us, God, to share this message in love and with compassion. And Jesus, may we be motivated by this love we've encountered. Give us the words to say. Help us to be those who faithfully would share. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. If you're here today and you have not yet made a decision to give your life to Jesus, maybe you're still on that journey. Maybe you're considering, you're weighing the words of Jesus. I want you to see today what Jesus Christ has done for you, that he died in your place because he loves you that you can be so confident that you are loved, that the resurrection of Jesus is credible, that we can put our trust in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. And if that's you today and you're making that decision, just even in your own heart, I wanna encourage you to just talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins and you rose again. And if we would pray that from our hearts, we can have confidence to know that he has saved us, that we are part of his family, and we can celebrate those today who would make that decision. And if that's you, I want to encourage you, that's something that you want to tell somebody. That's not something we keep to ourselves, but we want to let other people know about the decision that we've made to put our trust in Jesus. And in just a moment, we're going to have the altar area open and we're going to receive uh, people to come forward if you'd like prayer for any area.
But if you made that decision, feel free to come forward. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you. And church, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure for all the dads and the uncles and the brothers that you know that we have special treats for you in the lobby. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.